0: lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The
1: Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. My name is Steve Dace. His name is Aaron McIntyre. And his name is Todd Erzin. Tell us your name by emailing the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D E A C E. Also, look for my name, Steve Dace, uh, on Facebook, on MeWe, on Gab. Follow me on Twitter at Steve Dace Show, all one word. And then check out uh, where you can get clips of the show that you can sample yourself and then share with others at YouTube.com slash dace and then Rumble.com slash show. Also, my most recent book, A Nefarious Carol, is still out, still doing well. Please make sure to get your copy uh, if you haven't already, especially as we, c- we begin to really dive into it tomorrow on Theology Thursday. Thanks to all of you that have gotten copies already. I just signed... A big batch of nameplates for autographed copies yesterday for the publisher so you can get more of those via premier collectibles the link for those is pinned at the top of both my facebook and twitter account so if you want to bypass amazon all together and get an autographed copy of a nefarious carol the sequel to a nefarious plot more news on that in just a moment by the way a little surprise for you guys. Uh, get your copy uh, right now, uh, either through Premier Collectibles, the autographed version, or you can go to Amazon where the Audible version is performed by my oldest daughter and I. So thanks to all of you. Got a lot of kind comments about those performances. Thank you, uh, especially hers. Uh, leave us a five-star review at Amazon if you liked the book, the performance, the story, etc. cetera. I mentioned we have some news. We are hoping... Uh, to begin filming a nefarious plot by, um, what should I say? Memorial Day. We are hoping this to Memorial be Day. this Memorial Day. Wow, we are hoping to begin filming by then. Now we'll see if we make that deadline or not. But that is clearly a sign. We're very happy with the progress we are making on the script front, because that's the key. Right. Everything else, when you, from what I understand, when you make a movie, uh, everything else you can put a deadline on. You can't put a deadline on how long does it take to get a good script. The answer is as long as it takes. Because if the script is bad, the movie's not good. Right. I mean, how many movies have we been to that have massive budgets? Budgets, I should say in English. Huge bells and whistles. I think of the last Transformers film. It had friggin' Anthony Hopkins in it. Okay. I mean, one of the great actors of this generation, right? Anthony Hopkins had Anthony Hopkins, $200 million of a budget. That movie is complete and total trash. It's trash. You, you can't overcome a bad script. So it takes as long as it takes, but I think we're close to getting there. So we're excited.
0: I'm impressed you can cast a movie apparently as quickly, assuming let's say this it's done at the, the, the end of February for mm-hmm. argument's sake. I still think casting a movie in three months sounds impressive to me. That's true. Um, There's
1: reasons for why that might work. I don't want to say quite yet, but um, because I don't want to spoil anything. But um, on the positive side, there's not a lot in production right now because of what's going on with COVID. There's more in production than you think, but there's not nearly the levels of production that we would typically see, particularly in our country. Um, that's the good news. The bad news, though, is given the subject matter the film is going to address, there's a certain, um, uh, barring uh, providential favor, there's there's a, a certain chunk of, of the talent pool that is just not going, is going to be off limits, you know? So, but um, that the fact that uh, there's not a lot of production going on right now, and Folks still got bills to pay. That, that could be to our favor. Yeah. We're kind of counting on that. All right. Coming up on the show today, no weekly profit of woe and lamentation. He has the, the week off. He is in Nevada with a bunch of his podcast listeners venting his frustration with guns. <laughs> right. That is the most Daniel Horwitz vacation ever. He's going to come back from that looking fresh. Yes. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm going on vacation with a lot of guns. That is, th- nothing is more Daniel Horowitz than that. Right, come join me where we shoot a lot. All right, that's how we let off steam around here. Uh, so we've got a full hour of buy, seller hold for you next hour. At the bottom of this hour, we're going to talk to a member of the Arizona State Legislature who has been banned from Twitter for doing exactly what the media has been caught doing on numerous occasions. We will we'll will get her story and and talk about that here at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
2: What happened while we were away brought to you by day one of the second impeachment trial of Donald Trump. Democrats started the affair with their natural habitat, emotional manipulation within a 10 minute video montage of the events and events surrounding January 6th.
3: We're gonna walk down
2: to the Capitol. Yeah. Yeah. Take the Take We are going to the Capitol. Trump attorney Bruce Castor said some stuff. I will not hear any member of the team representing former President Trump say anything but in the strongest possible way denounce the violence of the rioters and those that breached the Capitol, the very citadel, of our democracy. The Senate voted yesterday to affirm the constitutionality of the impeachment trial. Moving on, the White House announced its audacious plans for school reopening yesterday.
3: His goal that he set is to have the majority of schools, so more than 50% open uh, by day 100 uh, of his presidency. And that means uh, some teaching in classrooms. So at least one day a week, hopefully it's more.
2: Mask update, Dr. Anthony Fauci says. We can get 70
0: to 85 percent of our population vaccinated and get to what we would hope would be to a degree of herd immunity, which really is an umbrella
2: or a or a veil of protection against the community where the level of virus is so low it's not a threat at all, then at that point you could start thinking in terms of not having to have a uniform wearing of masks. But we're certainly
0: not near there yet. When do I think that would occur? You know, it's very difficult to predict, Brett, but if everything falls into the right place and we get this under control, it is conceivable that you might be able to pull back a bit on some of the
2: public health measures as we get into the late fall of this year. But- Headline from the Hill South Dakota governor shares photo of over a dozen staffers, mostly maskless, at her house. Moving on, LA Times op ed What can you do about the Trumpites next door? The author of the op ed, Virginia Heffernan, goes on to complain about how. her next door neighbors, Trump supporters, plowed her driveway of snow without being asked and did a great job. She then goes on to compare her neighbors to the terrorist group Hezbollah. We'll stay in California, where another public official there has been caught throwing a party against coronavirus guidelines. Contra Costa County District Attorney Diana Mecton revealed on Facebook that she invited between 25 to 30 guests to her home for a party. The Dallas Mavericks of the NBA have ceased playing the national anthem before their home games. This comes at the request of the billionaire celebrity owner of the team, Mark Cuban. Quaker Oats has finally announced they've erased a black person from some of their brands and Replace her with an inanimate object. The artist, formerly known as Aunt Jemima Syrup and Pancake Mix, is now known as Pearl Milling Company. What began as a funny story of a stupid woman putting Gorilla Glue on her hair, thinking it was hairspray, is now descended into, you guessed it, racism. After Tessica Brown threatened to sue the company for not warning specifically about use of the product on hair, one idiot named Xavier Pope, who has a byline at The Athletic and Forbes magazine, tweeted, quote, Gorilla Glue, hair is not skin. Your product failed to adequately warn, knowing hair glue in fact exists, and many black women use their glue as hair adhesive. And for this, your company is liable. You should have given her a sponsorship deal. Instead, you will be held accountable. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked what the president's message is to girls being forced to compete in sports against biological males.
3: I would just say that the president's belief is that uh, trans rights are human rights, and that's why he signed that executive order. Uh, And in terms of the determinations by universities and colleges, I certainly defer to them.
2: New York Times headline, will American ideas tear France apart? Some of its leaders think so. Subhead, politicians and prominent intellectuals say social theories from the United States on race, gender, and post-colonialism are a threat to French identity and the French Republic. Essentially, the story outlines how the United States is increasingly too woke for the French people. And finally, every montage we've ever produced over the last two to three years has been leading up to this point. For those of you listening, what we're watching is a lawyer appearing before a telecourt on Zoom. He doesn't realize, however, that he's got a filter on his Zoom call that turns him into a kitten.
0: I believe you have a
2: filter turned on in the video settings uh you might want to
0: uh uh take, take we're trying to, we're tr- can you
2: hear me judge i can hear you i think it's a filter it, the- it is
0: and i don't know how to remove it i've got my assistant here she's trying to but uh i'm prepared to go forward with it that's i'm here live it's not that i'm not a cat
2: I can I can see that. And that's what happened while we were away.
1: <laughs> that's a hell of a Joe Biden impersonation, by the way. Um, let's get to the montage, shall we? That last story you had, I was prepared to address three or four things coming out of the montage, but I... I I, I'd seen most of what else is in here I, I except I, I just found out gorilla grew, gorilla glue is racist uh, I mean I didn't did IQ of nine you, you, you didn't know not to put gorilla glue in your hair you didn't you didn't know that um
0: that's your white privilege talking Steve. Um okay
1: uh, anyway to have the French dunk come at you and say is this for real are you are y'all for real with this
0: that intruder you so dumb keep in mind this is a civilization
1: that when francois Mitterrand, uh their longtime uh president when he died a long quite a while ago now more than a decade ago i believe the country applauded as both his wife and mistress uh appeared at his funeral okay um this is a country, I I, I want to say something like 2% of the population in France is evangelical. Like two. I mean, this is a country where the the old um, Catholic, uh, iconic Catholic parishes. Well, when they weren't burnt down, did we ever find out, by the way, what happened to the cathedral at Notre Dame? Do we ever, do we still know, not know what happened there? It's been three years. Do we, do we know? I don't know, I'm asking. Were we given a Cause of fire? Do we know?
0: I'm not entirely sure what the official account is. Do we know why one of my all-time heroes as a kid,
1: do we know why Hank Aaron died yet? Who's that? We know he got the COVID vaccine like on January Where's 6th, that? right? And then he died a couple weeks later. Never do, heard of do, him. do we know why? Yeah. Hammer and Hank died? Anybody? No. Okay. Do we have a motive for the Vegas shooter yet? Do we know what happened there? Do we know? No. No. Should I stop now? Because you look like you want to hurt someone, so I'll stop. That's anyway, just b- my face. Yes.
0: <laughs> All the time.
1: Uh, back to France. France. <laughs> um, Keep in mind, this is also a culture that is 20 years up beyond us from a Western um, de-churching secularization standpoint. I mean, they're they're a full generation ahead of us. And even they are like, what in the Sam Hill is going on there with you guys? Here's a couple things you don't know about France, though. Nuclear power is replete throughout France. It's one of their primary ways of yeah. powering their country is nuclear. I remember being in France and being shocked at how many of those mm-hmm. steam stacks I saw. Here's something else you may not know. Um, late-term abortion has been banned in France for a long time. You, you can't have one you can hear we're like one of the six countries or something left in the world where you can still do this, but you can't do it in France. So I'm beginning to wonder, because we had these conversations about Sweden last year, that how did this go from a country that every leftist in America said we had to be more like to then every leftist in America? Then finally, when something was going on there that those of us for freedom and liberty were like, okay, Sweden, tell me more. Remember last summer when I was researching what it, what it would take to actually live in Sweden, remember? Yes. Okay. So now we're when we're finally like, okay, on our side, sure, tell us more. They suddenly don't know that a Sweden exists. That is when they're not actively lying about what's going on there, right? And so we were trying to figure out how did the country that gave us Greta Thunberg exported that, whatever that is, uh, to the rest of the world. How did that country become the control group against global COVID fascism? And to reference our good friend Daniel Horowitz again, I thought he had a, a fascinating hypothesis to answer this, which is that the statists there already have all the power that they want. And so therefore they don't have an incentive to go full Ram Emanuel, where you never let a good crisis go to waste. And and they don't. There's and now they have all the power they want. They can do whatever they want, whenever they want. It's one of the most secular countries in Europe. Is Sweden, by the way. Um, they can. They don't want to destroy themselves, so they're going to be honest about the the science. Like one of these, the big commercial promoting Norway um, during yeah. uh, the Super Bowl. That's that's the country whose health ministers looked at masks and said this won't work. We'd have to mask everybody uh, professionally. We'd have to mask like four hundred thousand people. Uh, to stop one uh, percent of infections, it's just not feasible. So I, I think that's a fascinating theory that Daniel had. That when they that you reach a certain point where you now have you're not because you're not communists, you're progressives, you're statists, and you you reach a certain point where you have now the power that you want, and then you're like, okay, well, we don't want to destroy our country over a scam we can't use it to our advantage so let's tell the truth about it i wonder if france has reached that point you know where the uh, the, the 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 law of diminishing returns by continuing to to go down these roads and then ultimately when you've acquired when you've used those paths to acquire the power that you want you you know common sense prevails at some point just curious curious now france of course has been mired in months and months and months and months and months of COVID insanity and COVID lockdowns uh, as well. But to get lectured to about losing your mind culturally by France. I I, will not be bullied, Steve. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Ditch. Uh, Sure. Why not?
0: I'm half expecting Sodom and Gomorrah from the grave to be giving us the Jonah Hill gift pretty soon. Um, I I don't want to hear any
1: complaining from California. No. Nope. This is what y'all have voted for time after time after time. Well, Steve, I live here. I didn't vote for this. Well, you, you stayed, you give your tax money to it. So no, zero sympathies. I have none. Negative integers. Accept your reward in full. You consented to this. You wanted this. You're the People's Republic of California. Come back to me when you have a successful recall of Gavin Newsom. Get rid of him. And he's not replaced by somebody like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Where you're going to get all the same policies, just a guy with an R after his name. Come back to me when you do something. Until then, kneel. Before Zod, shut your hole, know your role, and you should consider yourselves fortunate that the people you empowered are exactly who they were before you empowered them. I mean, a lot of us, we deal with politicians who say one thing and then do another, right? Yes. I mean, these people were corrupt, hypocritical authoritarians before you elected them. And then you elected them on a platform of being corrupt, hypocritical authoritarians. And now that they're in office, they are, of course, corrupt, hypocritical authoritarians. This is what you invested in. You voted for this. Why are you complaining? No one should complain. They should be celebrated, in fact. This is the culmination. You may, you may count it as suffering, but it is your salvation. You, you have This is what you voted for. Take it. Every last ounce of it. Take it all. You earned it. Now, I do want to extend some form of grace and mercy to this columnist from the LA Times. It's it's not like she's accustomed to being plowed. When you consider in when you write for the LA Times, you you probably don't know a lot about snow removal etiquette, right?
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm not even sure who you are right now.
2: <laughs> so white stuff fell from the sky. Yes. And what is that? Nazis yes. came and yes. got it off of my driveway. Yes.
1: Yes. Because if there's one thing that they know a lot about as well uh, within Hezbollah, I mean, we, we've seen them roll out legions and armies of, of snowplows. You know, you see them all throughout the Middle East constantly a constant array of snowplows just viciously removing all the snow from the west bank Todd your thoughts what did you think I was talking about
0: I don't I don't know anymore I was broken by that whole montage we're going crazy in real time
1: you you're broken by the fact people didn't know not to put gorilla glue in their hair and France is telling us we've gone too far left that's a breaking point for you. It is. Yeah. Well, you there uh, that's completely and totally understandable. Now, let's get to Fauci. There's there's two things going on here. And because it's Anthony Fauci, they both are. If you want to know Um, How you stay in power as a bureaucrat for as long as he has. You just give every position on every issue to everybody. And you simultaneously have everybody hate you and love you at the exact same time and then love you and then hate you. Because we could do, we could just sit here for you. And we've done it in the past. Those episodes are in our archives. We, We could just sit here for you and chronicle Anthony Fauci in his own words, literally taking every conceivable position on COVID-19. He even used a dirty word in the clip that you played, Aaron. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? Oh, yeah. Did you catch that, Aaron? No, I don't think I did. You didn't? He dropped the term herd immunity (gasps) on... Now, let me tell you how... it's grandma. let, Let me tell you how a bureaucrat like Anthony Fauci, the most dangerous... And powerful bureaucrat in American history. Let me let me tell you what 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 how how this works. I'm on Fox News, so I pander to this audience and drop a term like herd immunity. When I'm on CNN, I tell that audience herd immunity is not really a thing. It's dangerous. I mean, we we can't sit here and and game plan for herd immunity because we've heard him say that too, right? Yes, yes. He will say whatever you want him to say, because it's just the church of Anthony Fauci. So there he is on Fox and Aaron's clip dropping herd immunity. Now, there's two ways to look at what he's doing here. I've, I've seen a bunch of my cohorts in conservative media, and they're probably right. Um, say that he's moving the goalpost by saying, hey, we're going to be able to get rid of masks and a lot of these restrictions by later this year, later in the fall. Is that what he said in the clip? Yeah. Later yes. in the fall. Okay. Um, you know, Joe Biden, I think the president yesterday, I think uh, mentioned something about Thanksgiving. All right. So they're moving the goalpost so they can just keep doing this into perpetuity. a perpetuity. A lot of my peers and conservative media I've seen respond that way, before we came on the air today. And I think they're right. But I have a counter explanation to this, which I also think is correct. And when I say it, it will completely and totally contradict the, the previous assertion. And you'll ask yourself, how can these things both be true? Pardon me. Marco Rubio moment there. Uh, because we're talking about Anthony Fauci. He just tells whatever audience wants to hear something pretty much what they want to hear. So here's the other option. We're down 50% positive 50% case rate from the last peak we had on. What was it? The 11th of January, I believe hospitalizations around the country down over 30% since then for COVID. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to take a while for us to get to herd immunity. I think it's going to take a while for us to get there guys. Probably looking at later in the fall. President said yesterday Thanksgiving. And then warm weather hits. They've got to rebound the economy. It's a miracle, guys. We thought it was going to be November. But our mitigation efforts worked. You guys listen to us. Like our latest CDC study, we put masks on mannequins and you you, you did it exactly what we said because that's what human beings behave like with a mask. They sit perfectly still, do not move. And, the, and, and, and so that would be a perfect a perfect analog for how a human being would respond. A human immune system would respond with a mask on because we are mannequins. We don't move. We don't gyrate. We don't tilt our heads. We are perfectly stationary in all things. So of course there's a corollary, but we got the big win. So we're going to start rolling this stuff back 4th of July weekend. And you claim victory. I think that's every bit as possible here too. How can these things both be true? Well, because, uh, do I want to say this? Yeah, I do. I, I think Fauci is full aware that these mitigation efforts don't work. Full aware. I think he knows this data, knows the data better than I do. And so you set up both scenarios and you, and whatever the data is at the time, you choose the scenario that is politically beneficial to you. We get into the springtime. If we see another round of surges as people get outside again, you say, hey, remember I told you this is going to take a while. We get into the warmer weather and the percentage in case drops that we're seeing right now plummet all the more because respiratory viruses don't like warm weather. You claim victory and say, hey, it worked. It, it worked. I thought I was, man, I, I thought this was going to take until November, but here we are, 4th of July weekend. Here we are, Labor Day weekend. You know, Fauci's uh, on uh, football night in America, opening Thursday night for the NFL, welcoming the fans back in the stands. I, I think both scenarios are plausible. I think they are fully aware that the virus has got a virus. I think they're fully aware of it. Well, I think Fauci's fully aware of it. I do think there are people in government just hardened with a progressive worldview that they can control all forms of matter on Earth. I do think that. I don't believe Fauci thinks that. Because if he did, he wouldn't go on Fox News like ever, like ever. He wouldn't even go on, number one, let alone go on there and drop the term herd immunity. See, I, I think he knows all this data that we talk about all the time. I think he knows it all. That's why I think he takes both sides of all these issues all the time. He's promoting Fauci. And whatever data set empowers the brand, we go with. So if being the prophet of woe and doom works, we do that. If, hey, I want to, you know, last year I got to throw out the first pitch for the Washington Nationals, and this year I want to welcome the fans back on Football Night in America on NBC this this September, I'm going to do that. And then we just wait and see when the act, what the actual pathology of the of the outbreak is at any given time, and that's the position we take. Thoughts on that?
0: My thoughts are that if a guy like that is able to convince this country, founded in freedom, of that, already to this point, I think we it deserve a certain level of indictment. But if we continue to do this, if we see the double mask advice and we accept it into... We don't deserve to exist anymore. This is just a level of cosmic stupid and cowardice that I hope gets punished. I'm sickened. I'm absolutely sickened by what I've seen today already.
2: I think that theory makes sense. I also just think that this is going to continue until until uh it hurts them politically not to or until it hurts them politically to continue lockdowns all these virus mitigation efforts what have you i mean today today uh, i saw that it's expected the biden administration is uh is going to side with the teachers unions uh in the fight to reopen schools in certain districts there's also a lot it's a fluid situation guys I mean, pharma, they, big pharma, hey, they want to make this a yearly thing, no doubt. No doubt. Yearly COVID shot. Is that going to get worked into all of this as well? It's a fluid situation, Steve.
1: Indeed it is, as are the opinions and analyses of Anthony Fauci. Those are fluid as well. Almost time for one of my favorite times of the day. It is almost Built Bar time where with Built Bar, you don't have to make a choice between eating healthier or eating tastier. You get both. It is the absolute best protein bar you've ever had. And there is no close second. Trust me, I have tried many over the last several years and uh, the texture is like that of a Three Musketeers bar. Well over 20 flavors. They're about to launch a brand new one actually this week. And I know what it is and wow, wow, does it sound good? I, I don't think I can quite tell you what it is yet. Okay, but um, yikes. I mean, this this one's going to be popular. All of them covered in real chocolate. Any, any lifestyle you live, if you're low-cal, these things are 180 calories or less. Uh, if you're low-carb, like keto, three to five carbs per bar or less. Um, if you're into low-fat, low-sugar, 5 grams of sugar or less in every bar. So, everything you're looking for, you're going to find with Built Bar. And if you've not tried them before, get 20% off your first order right now on the website at builtbar.com. That's b u i l t builtbar.com and use my last name Dace as the promo code for that discount. If you've used uh, if you've tried them before and you want to try them again, get 20% off your next order as well with the promo code Dace at builtbar.com again, builtbar.com. Promo code DACE. So um, we, we've seen stories recently where members of the media, of the mainstream media, have have gone online. Uh, there was the case where CNN basically tried to ruin a guy for posting that meme of Trump dunking them in the WWF meme. Remember that? Yes. Okay. Uh, it's called doxing or unmasking, where essentially, because you're mad, that uh, uh, Pez Dispenser 42 got the jump on you, or the drop on you on Reddit. Uh, you dox, or you find out who this guy is or person is, and you dox them, you unmask them in order to bring scorn and ridicule. And we have seen mainstream media do this on numerous occasions the last few years. So, how about when you're threatened? Is it okay? When you're a woman threatened by another guy. Is it okay when you're? Uh, is it okay to unmask somebody who's threatening you? That would seem to be more of an instance of justification, wouldn't it? Yeah. Then I'm CNN. I don't like this meme, right? If it's a real threat. If it's a real threat, sure. And not just a David French vapors threat, sure, sure. Um, well, apparently that that should be how it works, unless um, you are. Uh, cons- you're an elected representative in the state of Arizona and you're concerned about election irregularities in the country and in your state. Then apparently it doesn't work that way. Uh, Michelle Eugenti is a state representative in Arizona. She joins us today on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Michelle, my name is Steve Dace. Fun. How are you? Did we lose her? Yeah, it looks like we just lost her. All right, we're going to try and uh, get her back. Now, this is a bit of a sensitive... We'll try one more time here to see if we can get her back. This is a sensitive subject, right? Because we don't want to apply a double standard. It's okay to unmask. It's, it's okay to dox if somebody wearing our uniform does it to somebody else. But it should be kind of a universal thing. That if you're threatening somebody online... That should be kind of the, the red line, right? A yeah, real threat. That's fair. Okay. Do we have her now? All right, Michelle, my name is Steve Dace. Welcome to Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. How are you, Michelle?
3: I'm very well. Thank you so much.
1: So we we kind of teed your story up for our audience. Just take it from there. What's your story? Who came after you? How did they do it and Why?
3: Right. So I have been very vocal on a multitude of media platforms advocating for election integrity, opening up the state of Arizona, getting our kids back to school. Uh, Side note, I think these are very common sense proposals, um, and I haven't shied away from them. Because of that, I attract a certain level of attention from those who disagree. That's fine with me. I have no problem with it. However, one individual uh, decided for months and months and months he was going to troll me, use very graphic disgusting sexist language I won't repeat it but if you can think of the worst he said it and uh, sent it my way on Twitter so he would tweet horrible things and I, I, all of a sudden I said to myself who is this person? Um, I responded back, show your show your face, put your identity on what you have to say. Otherwise, um, crawl back in the hole that you came out of. Um, And someone took me off that they thought that this was a certain individual in our community. I did my own research and uh, background investigating. And I uh, was able to come up with his identity and uh, find his identity. And I simply um, exposed his identity on Twitter. And from there, uh, he initially denied uh, calling me all the names that he did. And he also incited violence, telling uh, his his followers to shoot people and shoot to kill. And everyone was a Nazi, everyone's a whore, all that kind of stuff. Uh, he denied that, but the evidence was overwhelming. Uh, He had then admitted to having the troll account, um, and then there was some stuff that happened after that, but in terms of Twitter, I ultimately, a few days later, was suspended because I had reposted uh, information that he had already put out on social media identifying him, and they said that I had violated Twitter's community standards.
1: Was he banned for posting threats to you? Was he suspended? Mm
3: no, he was not. He did remove uh, and deactivate his account, but only after I exposed his identity, um, and then he did it on his own. So this account was allowed to exist for months. Hmm. Um, it's and it, I don't know what I can say uh, on radio. Yeah, I read. I read. I've read some of what, okay.
1: what what was there, and it's it's vile stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's it's vile stuff. Okay,
3: good. Yeah. I, okay, I just wanted to be respectful. Um, yes, so. You know, that was able to exist. And yes, a lot of it was hurled my direction, but there was a lot um, at other female conservative politicians and other conservatives. I mean, he made no bones about it. Uh, He was going after what he thought was right wing conservatives. Um, And only after I exposed his identity uh, did he deactivate his account. But then ultimately, when Twitter decided to intervene, uh, I was suspended.
1: Wow, I I wish I could say I'm surprised, but sadly, given yeah. what's going on, I mean, I mean, I just got a note from our uh, social team this morning. You know, we we put out a video yesterday on Facebook on on all of our social media accounts, um, uh, pointing out that the flu has literally disappeared this year. When at this time last year, uh, CDC was poised to put it above the epidemic line. We had so much flu going on around the country. Last last week, they reported a total of 25 specimens in, in, their, in their entire a- allocation report. And we put out a video explaining uh, what those numbers mean, why a lot of the common excuses for why the flu disappeared don't line up. The video was performing well, but... Facebook's quote-unquote science team is afraid of actual science, so we're going to let the video expire on Facebook while we let it go to other platforms because that's the sort of censorship we deal with all of the time. But that's nothing compared to the situation that you faced with the kinds of threats and and, and language that I looked at. Um that double standard, you would think at the very least, they would issue a permanent especially because he already deactivated his account, they could just permanently right. ban him, Michelle, and look good doing it. you know what I mean they, they, I mean you're a politician. No you know what I'm talking about. the, the hard the heavy lifting was already done. They could permanently ban a guy that disabled his account already and then come at you, and then they could make it look like you know they were they, they, they were fair here. The fact they didn't even do that is pretty blatant.
3: Well, you you bring up a great p- point, and it really, really it shows the uh, disparate treatment, and it shows, in my opinion, that they have an agenda. I mean, I I I uh, on the flu thing, I uh, in Arizona, flu cases in Arizona are down by ninety five percent compared uh, to twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one data. That's insane. I'm constantly posting about um, the COVID nineteen mitigation measures that have crippled our economy. And every time I do and I have supporters respond to my tweets respectfully, but they certainly, you know, are uh, agree with the sentiment. Twitter, uh, Twitter puts out, you know, um, alerts Mm -hmm. and they either ban you or suspend you or make some kind of note. But this individual was able to use whore. Dozens and dozens of times and that doesn't trigger Twitter to do anything and that's what I think the public needs to realize and I think what they really are becoming um, suspicious about you have these social media platforms promoting their agenda, they are not a free platform where we're exchanging ideas and thoughts in a place they are arbitrarily putting their hand um, on the scales and making it very difficult for people who have different perspectives, different points of view from articulating them. That's dangerous. We need to expose it. And I think my particular situation does a good job exposing that. And hopefully the public catches on and realizes they don't need to have these social media platforms to engage one another. Maybe we have to go back to the traditional um, way of picking up the telephone or knocking on someone's door or having meetings. But um, it's kind of a scary time that we're in.
1: The gentleman, by the way, who was harassing you and threatening you—I um, mean, this is not uh, some uh, inbred who doesn't get out much uh, and is unaware of the power of a platform. Uh, he is uh, a longtime employee of the San Francisco Giants in Major League Baseball. He was their spring training announcer. His name is—is is Josh Miller—is his name. And I don't know if he's any relation to John Miller, the long time the great, longtime Giants actual play by play announcer. But right. y- you would think a guy that spent eighteen years as a stadium announcer for a major league baseball club would understand. And and the the power of a platform, and 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 what the cost of utilizing it in such a malfeasant way might be. Meaning that this wasn't this wasn't some guy uh, some bitter guy sitting in his basement, in between uh, sips of of code red and mom doing his laundry. He's incensed at some Arizona state legislator because he watched too much Joy Reid last night. This guy has worked yeah. behind a microphone right. for twenty freaking years for a major league baseball team. You ought to be a little bit more sophisticated than this. Well, that's
3: exactly right. He also does the sports announcing for uh, local high schools in, um, in my district. Um, he is part of my district's community. And to your point, you would think he would be a little bit more cognizant um, and sophisticated and realize that taking this kind of approach, uh, having an anonymous account where you attack viciously, threaten violence, uh, mis- have misogynistic comments, could potentially backfire. But that seems that kind of disconnect uh, is is really part of the issue. Um, it, it shows you how righteous he thinks he is. Mm-hmm. And the hypocrisy uh, is alarming. Yeah, he's justified um, in either, unpersoning
1: you, as, as Orwell would put yeah. it. Yes, he's justified in it. Yeah
3: right. It, it right, exactly. he He is justified. What I have done to to uh, promote opening our state and and other things that maybe he disagrees with, election integrity, he thinks is a fair justification to attack someone personally. and hopefully, probably cause them professional harm personal harm um it's kind of the the end justifies the means Mm -hmm. approach to life which is 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 not a good one um and i'm glad that he was called out and i'm uh, hopefully it sends a message to uh, anonymous trolls that um it's not that safe for you and i'm glad i don't know if you know this but twitter ultimately when confronted with the issue and because it was gaining a lot of attention, uh, had to come out and say they made a quote mistake for uh, banning me. Hmm. And I, I and I, I yeah, which was surprising. They usually never yeah, they, change
1: course. Yeah, they, yeah they're they reticent about admitting them. any mistakes there, <laughs> or or they admit big or or Jack goes to Congress and admit mistakes admits mistakes, but then they don't actually undo the mistake that they made. So consider yourself fortunate there for sure. Uh, Michelle, thank you very much for telling your story and joining us today here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. And keep up the good work there in Arizona. Okay, God bless. God bless. All right, gentlemen, your thoughts on that conversation. Well,
2: it works the other way as as well on this. It's not go. it's not private, quote unquote, private citizens um, going after anonymously or private citizens with a with an account, whether with a public uh, persona going after politicians. It's also the other way around. Remember, it was a couple of years ago we had just a local city uh, council, actually the local mayor pro tempore of one of the largest suburbs here in in Des Moines. Uh, he made a joke about child pornography at your expense, so I went, yeah. and, fa- <laughs> I went and found him.
1: I forgot
0: thought, about that.
2: He thought it was he thought he was being anonymous, so I called yeah. him out on it. He went after you again earlier this year. Yeah, I called him out again. He literally deleted his account. I found the, his new account. I went after him there. He deleted that one, and now he's at a completely <laughs> different count, uh, account now. Um, i had forgotten about yeah, that. Yeah, it, it's it's ridiculous. It's just totally ridiculous. These people feel like they have an S on their chest when they get behind their keyboard and get me on Twitter with no, uh, with no identity whatsoever. Um, and, and I think this goes back to what Jesse Kelly tweeted the other day, and this was in response to some dude who was accosting this woman who was putting her mask on at a Costco somewhere. There, aren't, there are, are, are not enough dudes, not enough boys who can shave in America right now. Who have taken a punch or two Amen to gotten that. knocked down yep. on their butts yep. more than once. And that's that's where you get behavior yep.
1: like this. I can I can I can look around the fruited plane, Todd, and count and see a whole lot of dudes, or as Aaron put it, boys who can shave, who it's been far too long since they've picked their teeth up off the floor and that's why they behave like that.
0: Well, you're going to get your chance because, listen, whether it's this clown, whether it's Antifa, whether it's BLM, any, whether it's science, listen, they're, they're trying to abort you. This is abortion, the death of an innocent, they have simply decided that you are an irritant to them. And just like that child in the room, you need to go. Unapologetically, they're just fine with it. And increasingly, as we've seen with abortion, over time, they concede, yeah, I mean, it's just, of course it's killing a life, but, you know, whatever. They've shifted their arguments so many times because ultimately they just want what they want. It's no different here. That guy just wanted her rubbed out. And they're going to do it over and over again. And I'm sorry, until... You get clear that you might just have to stop in a way that you think is uncomfortable and civil. That's not how we do things. Okay, have fun.
1: Remember this quote from Ice-T a couple of years ago: "Social media has too many of you comfortable with disrespecting people and not getting punched in the mouth for it." Now, there's we can be metaphorically punched in the mouth, and that's what happened to the gentleman that did this to this state senator. We'll come back. Uh, By seller hold is next. Stay tuned. with hour two live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast steve dace here with totters and aaron mcintyre and all of you uh let us know what you think about what we think you can email the program steve at stevedace.com that's d-e-a-c-e you can like us on facebook on me we on gab just look for steve dace there and like and follow you can also follow us on twitter at steve dace show uh, if you're looking for clips of the show that you can sample yourself and then share with others, like our breakdown yesterday on the flu, go get those videos right now at uh, youtube.com/slash steve dace and rumble.com/slash steve dace show, and get those videos on the flu yesterday. Share them with all your branch covidian friends because in the video I answer the objections that they're going to raise to the question. So. If you want to see the looks on their faces when their arguments, when their cultic decrees get totally eradicated, go grab those videos right now. YouTube.com slash SteveDace or Rumble.com slash show. If you're a podcast listener, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Please, though, show your appreciation for us. Leave us a five-star review on whichever podcast platform you prefer. Hit the subscribe button as well. The more of you do, uh, do that, the more it will help the show, the podcast to grow. And we thank the scores of you, the thousands of you that have done both of those things for us already. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends at Patriot Mobile. Uh, Patriot Mobile. Has a brand new promotion for you. You can get the Samsung A11 for yourself and someone else. That's two phones absolutely free, or bring your own phone and get a free month of service right now with Patriot Mobile. Uh, you'll get the same nationwide coverage because they use the same towers as everybody else. Plus, they've got plans that fit into any budget. Patriot Mobile, the only conservative wireless provider, Uh, they'll take a portion of your bill and instead of doing uh, things with it that you won't approve of and organizations that are out to end your way of life, they do things like helping supply Bibles for kids instead. Switching is easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Or you can call their U.S.-based customer service team right now at 972-PATRIOT. Again, that's 972-PATRIOT. And remember that veterans and first responders, you save even more from Patriot Mobile uh, when you go and check them out. All right? Same service, lower prices, and they celebrate your values as well. Get free activation and a special gift with the offer code Steve at PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. All right, let's get to it. Our weekly game of Buy, Sell, or Hold. No topic is off limits. Just please don't don't be dumb. Uh, these are a series of topics and suggestions and predictions, prophecies, lists from the audience. Usually, maybe every now and then, Aaron actually chimes in. Todd, you and I will decide. Are we buying it? Are we selling it? And then, because of the uncertain times in which we live, Bing. Uh, we are permitted for now, anyway, uh, as pre- until... Until Fauci says take the masks off, you are permitted to use as many holds as you possibly can. Fair forever. Forever. All right, Aaron, you're up. Let's get to it. We will start with Vance Steele, who
2: says, assuming 2020 rosters, Tampa Bay becomes the first team to win back-to-back Super Bowls since Tom Brady did so with the Patriots.
1: So. Yeah, I'm going to sell. I think just we have this is the longest period of time. The NFL's gone without a repeat champion. So I meant I would just sell on that alone. It's a high variance league where since nineteen ninety it's on average there have been five new playoff teams every year. I, I we don't know if Gronk will want to come back. Obviously he was a key player in the Super Bowl who knows uh, what the situation is with Antonio Brown on or off the field. Um I think they have a tremendous young defense that I thought should have actually been the MVP of the Super Bowl. Obviously, Tom Brady is coming off one of the best seasons he's ever had, so he's not going anywhere. The backfield of Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, is back again, I believe. Um, uh, they, they should be dynamite. I think you're clearly looking at a playoff team. If you look at the division they're in, Drew Brees retiring. Uh, you're looking at um, uh, the Falcons beginning a new era. I think you're going to see... Um, I think you can see their quarterback probably get traded to a place like um, Indianapolis, perhaps. So that division is more wide open now than it has been in a long time. I mean, that's that's been one of the toughest and most competitive divisions in in the NFL for a long time. So I think they're clearly the divisional favorite, but there's just one injury here, one injury there. Uh, it's it's hard to repeat in the NFL. So I'm going to sell.
0: Yes, yeah, so they were they were imminently beatable. Team this year. Congrats on winning the thing, but this is not the reset of the um Cowboys or something like that. Uh, like cowboys, s- you mean like in the
1: seventies? Gr- well, because the, they haven't been any good really since or the, or the triplets of the nineties. yeah the We're going back almost thirty years now. Can you believe that? I know. Can you believe that? Oh yeah,
2: we're old. Ah. Sam Rye says COVID fascism will end once the planet is completely depopulated.
1: Why? Um, some form of it will that, continue that, that is a certain way to end it I suppose so I'll, I'll buy but I, I think we're seeing cracks and, and and I think the cracks are actually accelerating at a rate that, that is beyond where I thought we were going to be we're in we're we're not even a month into the obiden administration and and they have spent more time having to triangulate off the teachers unions than any other issue since they've been in office when was the last time that the democratic party on a national level was on the defensive because of teacher unions ever ever i mean we've talked about them on our side our whole lives right but I think, I think there's some definite cracks forming uh, in the COVID fascism, for sure. Might there be some element of it where, um, hey, if we don't reach these benchmarks, we're going back. I, I, guess there, I guess it will exist forever to some extent, because that's what happens with government when you set a precedent, right? But I, I really don't think, I mean, and, and I don't that we're going to be sitting here at this time next year debating mask mandates. I don't believe that. I, I, I see the fissures forming. I, I, I'm, I, I see conversations I wanted us to have for a long time are now being had. And I think with a Democrat in the white house, there's more and more and more pushback to this, uh, than there was when Donald Trump was in the white house. So, I guess I'll buy that some of it will exist because the precedent has been set. But I think there is a great—I mean, just anecdotally, guys. I'm listening to SiriusXM's College Sports Channel on the way in to do the show this morning, and the the two guys—it's uh, Rick Neuheisel and the former football coach, and some college basketball analyst for ESPN—and and they bring in the guy that does the the Big Ten show for their network. And the first thing he talks about is, hey, man, our positivity rate here in Illinois for test is down to 3%. That's where he lives. And he starts citing these numbers. I just got my mom the vaccine last week. Positivity rates in Illinois are down to 3%. And I get up this morning, and I'm looking forward to going and covering the Big Ten tournament. And I'm being told that it's moving to Indiana. Why the hell is this going on? That's like his first answer. There is a great amount of fatigue with this. That take away the orange man bad fact factor in the conversation. And it's just about, okay, I, I now feel more free to ask, when the hell does this end? So I, I think we're closer to the end of the most militant phase of this than maybe we realize.
0: Now, so, I mean, today they're actually coming out with, while double masking is officially the advice of the CDC which is insane on its face and also it just also says that by the way the masking that we've told you to do this whole time we've decided it doesn't work even though we told you it works it super works it's better than a vaccine they're crazy they're power mad they have all of the federal government and by the way that now they're probably going to just start doing the uh thing where they start taking funding away the thing that we say would be a good idea to do but never do on the right
1: We'll see. See, everything you just said reinforces why I have the opinion I do. Because it's getting nuttier. It's getting dumber. It's getting more nauseating, more grating, more aggravating, um, more um, uh, frustrating. And... Obviously, I was somewhat teasing Californians, including numerous Californians in our audience last hour. But let me take the the tongue out of my cheek. In this environment, especially with they want to, if, if you get a social media group of any standing that stands up to the system on Facebook, then once your group actually grows, they cancel it and delete the group. Right? Okay. It is not easy in this current environment to get nearly one and a half million people's names on a signature in California. To get rid of the governor, okay? And there's only one reason, too. And it has nothing, this isn't Gray Davis and brownouts. There's one reason, there's one thing driving this, and what is it? COVID
0: COVID and lockdowns.
1: COVID is. COVID lockdowns are. That's driving this. Do you think
0: they're going to kick him out, though? I actually think it might happen. I don't.
1: See, because I think all the things you're saying, history shows that when when the authoritarians go from saying things that make you think, I guess that sounds reasonable and I, and I don't want to be seen as um, you know, un- unreasonable and divisive, so I guess you know, we'll go along, to when, when they say things and the reaction is, what the hell, this is just, I've had enough. I think people are getting to that point from what I see.
0: Schools seen. have been closed. They're a drunk... Which is which is why the
1: Biden administration has how, to defend the teacher unions every how, single day. Look
0: how long they've taken it. Yesterday, you yourself said, I cannot believe they're not giving the money. The Democrats, the obvious play. They're, they're, they've lost their damn mind. They're crazy people. Okay.
2: Up next, we have Naturally Contrarian, who says, Democrats aren't afraid of overplaying their hands. What were we just just talking about? Creating radical, unpopular policies via executive orders because they know they can rig the system and continue winning elections.
1: Bye. Now, several of you sent me this yesterday in response to my point that this is one of the... What they're talking about, which is means testing... Uh, COVID stimulus, stimulus mm-hmm. uh, relief uh, checks to the point that they won't pay off any of the new suburban voters that they just acquired because of Trump and just alienate them probably right back into the Republican Party. This was the answer many of you gave. Here's why I sell. They can't do that as blatantly because the, the, the ex, what, what is the explanation for why this happened last year? But what's the explanation for it? What's the explanation for it? For why what happened? For why, for why, for the, what's, the, what's, what's the meta explanation provided for all the anomalies in... in oh, people just say to Trump. In the, in the, that's right. Yes. In, the, in the, the turnout anomalies that don't make any sense, okay? Mm-hmm. That, that Donald Trump got more votes from non-whites than any, any Republican has in 60 years and lost by what, four or five million votes overall. The Republicans gained 15 House seats without a redistricting or anything else. Stuff that just statistically isn't congruent with the algorithm of an or the or or the or even just the rhythm of an election. And the the official state explanation given was what that well um, uh, everybody just hated Donald Trump. That explanation is gone. So. We'll see what what we'll see. The midterms, by the way, won't test this because when if when Fulton County decides it wants to rig an election, allegedly, uh, it wants to rig an election in a midterm. It's only a handful of House seats it, that won't determine who controls the House because of the way that House seats are allocated by district. It, and and now Senate races are statewide. As I had to remind Ed Rendell, the former mayor of Philly, former head of the Democratic National Committee, I had to remind him of this once. Uh, Him and I were on a panel debating each other on MSNBC. And when I asked him, how do you, if if Republicans are unpopular, how do you explain, this was after the 2014 midterms, do you remember this? Yeah. And I asked him, uh, how do you explain that you guys just suffered like the worst one swing election loss Senate election loss since Watergate, one of the worst since Reconstruction. Well, gerrymandering. I said you can't gerrymander a Senate seat. It's a statewide election, Ed. I'm not sure you know that, but anyway. But it's it's just not as easy to do that. He knew it. He's just such a liar. He's, He's just hoping just you did Gaslighting. It. <laughs> He's yes. Hoping He's just hoping you did. Counting it. that I wouldn't get it You're yes. exactly right. The test of this will be in 2024. Because you know that that will be the rationale. The Republicans could nominate Mahatma Gandhi. He's just uniquely unpopular, right? That's that that they're going to say that they're all. That's what they said about Bush. It's what they about McCain, Romney, and these are people that are nothing like Trump, and he's nothing like them. So, I, I don't know that this will play as big of a factor in the midterms next year. If we make it to 2024, they'll try it, I I would imagine. But I just don't know that it's the rationale for it was the name of Trump. That was the rationale for it. That rationale now is gone. So and if you if they do it again anyway, and it's even more obvious next time and everybody puts up with it, then I don't. You got what you you got what you deserve then, as far as I'm concerned. You're willing to let them steal elections from you, then that's a you problem, I guess.
0: Yeah, I'm going with human depravity. Bye. Up
2: next, Michael Taylor says, Governor Greg Abbott will follow Governor Kim Reynolds' example by lifting all COVID-19 restrictions.
0: You tell me. I'll I'll sell, and I'm taking it specific. He may do this at some point, but it's not because he's following her. I, I think this guy has clearly shown himself... To be a very poor reader
1: of the winds. Remember when we w- remember when we had the border surge down there was it in 2018, and remember the day that we went through his Twitter account when that was going on. Yeah, and and how many days did yeah. we go through his Twitter account? Not it was a mention. Like, not a mention of it. Never addressed. Do you remember that show? Yeah, that's kind of what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I I think he's high on his own supply, whatever that is. Greg Abbott.
1: Greg Abbott would be Chris Christie if this was New Jersey and not Texas. But because it's Texas and not New Jersey, he can't get away with that. Um, I mean, he, he is uh, a construct of consultants is what he is.
0: But remember what um, down Chris Prather, uh, Chad, Chad Prather, Prather said to us when we were down there. I mean, he was just telling you were you were trolling him, and he had he said, "No, you're yeah, right, yeah, Steve. There We have more, we more free up here. We're not Texas anymore, yeah. so that's why he can and clearly get back, away with boy, it. When
1: I got back from when we got back from Dallas, I had loads of emails from Texans mad at me for saying that, and then I had several of them when they saw the announcement like 48 hours later that Kim was lifting all the restrictions. <laughs> all right, you're right. <laughs> you yeah, know? but yeah, we are freer up here. Than y'all are. Now, now listen, the fact I could go to your state in January and see lawn that needed mode kind of rekindled my, my um, <laughs> relocation mistress uh, fervor, knowing what I was coming back to here in Iowa, one of the worst winters we've had in several years. But yeah, we are freer right now than y'all are. I'm going to buy on this because he's a consultant-driven construct. And he's never going to be the guy that takes the lead on stuff. But it's getting emulating Ron in, in, in GOP consultant world, the professional class world that the Greg Abbott's of the world live. And trust me, if Greg Abbott were in New Jersey, he'd be Chris Christie as a governor. But he's not. He's in Texas, so he can't get away with that. So to, he's a Republican. What I used to talk about the folks in, when I wrote Rules for Patriots several years ago folks in red states who know the culture of that state and then they have to conform to it to a certain extent in order to obtain office but they're not really with you and when you're not looking they'll govern you like as if the Democrats were in charge that's really Greg Abbott Um, emulating Ron DeSantis the professional class is going to tell somebody like a Greg Abbott you don't want to be like that guy emulating Kim Reynolds is a little bit different because let's also face it, how surprised are you and I at how good of a governor she has been? I've been very surprised. Uh, shockingly surprised. This is, she's, been, she's the biggest political surprise I've seen in my career because she actually comes out of the, the GOP professional consultant class. She, she comes out of that class. And so we thought we were going to kind of get um, the Iowa version of Nikki Haley and instead, we kind of got the Iowa version of Ron DeSantis instead. None of us thought this was going to happen. None of us did. We're all kind of shocked by it. But So I think it's safer to emulate her than it is DeSantis. So I, I'm going to buy because I think she's, she's, I think she's widened the Overton window for, for the gutless like Greg Abbott out there.
2: All right, moving on. Cindy Kaye says Trump will have to leave the country to avoid going to jail.
1: I'm going to sell. I think this is all bluster. Uh, The fact that they're doing some ex post facto impeachment instead of going after him as a private citizen for incitement in a criminal court. That's just a cable news talking point. All right. And and. They have their Lindsey Grahams, too, who jump on MSNBC with, with false bravado and throw raw red meat to their base, um, uh, to you know, orgasm on, um, that has no chance of ever coming to fruition that we just react to. By the way, do you think Sean... I asked my, I asked my Twitter following this yesterday when I saw Lindsey Graham back on with Sean Hannity. Promising to subpoena all these Democrats, like Cory Booker and stuff. Do you guys think Hannity knows he's getting worked over by Lindsey Graham's PR No, cavalcade? Or is he in on it? He's in on it. You think he's just totally in on it? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't I don't know. So, I don't know. Just I just wonder when a guy gets used that many times, particularly by the likes of... Stop right there. That's his... Lindsey yeah. Friggin Graham. That's his whole... I kind of have to believe you're not that gullible right you you i have he's, to believe you're a co-conspirator you're an enabler
0: he's a multimillionaire and been on air for like 25 yeah. years now by by embracing a, okay. I'll be used that many times In fact sure. it's
1: better if he's the enabler right because if because if he's if he's that naive any he, any he, he got that popular and made that much money. I'm going to be very, very depressed about the, my future prospects in this business. <laughs> I kind of need, I need him to be an enabling co-conspirator because then it's hate the game, not the player, right? I, I can respect that. I can't respect if he's just a useful idiot for the effeminate likes of Lindsey Graham. That, I, I can't respect that on any level. So I, I kind of need him to be just playing his audience while Lindsey Graham plays him. That I'm actually strangely more comforted by that option. Up next. By the Lee, way, did you answer the question no, I did?
2: Okay. Fish says Biden will advocate for the use of HCQ to treat
1: COVID by the end of the year. So, no shot. Not zero zilch nada. No shot.
0: Yeah. He's that there's no clearly no reason to uh that it's it's all about um stagecraft now i mean they mm-hmm. this thing is that it it's doing what viruses do it, it there won't even be a need for it anymore which is the great tragedy
2: all right sam rye says by sell, hold the flu is a thing of the
1: past um that is an interesting question todd because if if this becomes a seasonal thing where the COVID vaccine is the flu vaccine and a seasonal thing. So I, 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 yesterday I told you there's two possible reasons. And we're going to talk more about this tomorrow. Our researcher extraordinaire, Kyle Lamb, who has done a lot of excellent work. A lot of it we've used Mm -hmm. in our own work here on the show. He's going to join us tomorrow to help uh, dig into, because he was really the first person last October to start looking at the flu data and wondering where did the flu go? And he's got some really good uh, context on that. We're going to talk about it with him tomorrow on the show. But there's, as I told you yesterday, there's, there's two legitimate explanations. Or there's two explanations. One of them's legitimate. The other one is not. Um, that's the sinister one. So the, the the sinister explanation, as you said yesterday, is remember when the White House last year, when they had their reopening press briefing that with Debbie Burks. And she put out the map of states that were able to that were able to move on to phase one of reopening. you remember the map yeah and it was covid like illnesses right yes. and and but what was mixed in with covid influenza influenza was all right after telling us for months it's not the it's not just another flu mm-hmm. the first time they show us a map of how we know whether or not we can reopen based on whether you're in the green zone or the light green zone or the red zone or the orange zone is covid-like symptoms including and they mixed the, they they included the flu and pneumonia with this the sinister explanation is that they're just tagging everything with those symptoms as covid and for, and there's various reasons why Uh, up the panic Um, big pharma wants to uh, sell a bunch of vaccines Um, uh, orange man bad shut the economy down who knows like it's a collection of uh, it's a a menagerie of various motivations that that's one explanation for what's happened to the flu a sinister one there is another scientific explanation that isn't sinister and, and makes perfect sense actually the, the problem with that scientific explanation, and you can research it yourself. I'm not going to make it easy for the haters. The problem with that, but maybe in fact, I'm going to probably talk with Kyle a little bit about it tomorrow. The, the, the problem with that scientific explanation is it repudiates the flat earth voodoo we have been sold and takes us back to what we understood about viruses and uh, immunologies and biologies and pathogens and systems before March eleventh of two thousand and nineteen or two thousand and twenty. It's what we thought up until that point, but we're not allowed to say anymore because even if you say it while well, teaching at places like Friggin Oxford, the number one university in the world, um, you're uh, uh, you're you're a science denier. If that latter thing is what is happening, then I think it is possible. That there's not as much, and I'll give you, I'm going to throw a word out there to give you a clue of what you're looking for. If you want to experiment with the science side of this, there's not as much timber, shall we say, is that fair? Mm -hmm. There's not as much timber out there for the flu to start a, a, a kindling, a fire with, because that space is otherwise occupied. And I could see that if that is the case. i I could see something like that to some degree i could see it a thing of the past do we mean like gone totally i would sell but not something we do major news stories on every season like we did before covid i could see that so i'll buy That just depends on Um, what you mean thing of the past i'm
0: selling big pharma won't allow it got to sell the flu and the covid vaccines yes
1: okay up next, all the vaccines. Todd says all yes. of them.
2: Uh, Space monkey says we need to start using the term conservophobia.
1: <laughs> I like it. Bye. Oh
0: Cell. What's to fear? Doesn't do a damn thing. Doesn't threaten anybody.
1: <laughs> I, like their, I like your answer. I like your answer. You know what? I like your answer better. So
2: uh, next, Samuel Clemente says Aaron is slacking ever since his honeymoon. <laughs> Cell. <laughs> I can assure you that 60% of the time, I slack every time.
1: I haven't sensed any slacking at all. No, nor actually. have I. Actually, no, so I've, have I've got to sell. Be glad you don't work for What's his name? Uh, Samuel Clemente. Yeah, be you glad you what? don't work for him.
0: As an ode to that, though, there, I mean, there's so much good. If you should do the slacking montage, what it looks like when you are slacking.
1: Now, he could be meaning at home. I love that. That's a great idea. But he could be talking about Aaron's been slacking at home, right? I, don't I don't mean, got, got the deed done, did the honeymoon, you know, I'm bathing now at once every three days. I'm farting regularly out in the open. He could be meeting at the McIntyre house, not here necessarily here at work. Um, no, in fact, in fact, I just got a, uh, a brush yesterday,
2: um, a brush, uh, for, for bathing with, so I can actually get even more clean. So <laughs> is that TMI? I, I don't know. Was that TMI? I mean,
0: see, it's the same old Aaron, same old.
2: We're good. I'm like an old man, though. Everything's, I th- have you ever seen somebody my age with one of those brushes? No, of course not. You've never showered with somebody my age. Boy, I'm just That's- self,
0: self
1: immolating now. This is this is getting worse. It's, you know, he's going to be like at 50
0: ponytail, comb over. <coughs> Okay. Aaron. Just going to have a convertible. All right. The only thing that this little minute of television is missing is a cat filter over your face, Aaron. Yeah, just tell us I'm not a cat. <laughs> I'm a live person. I can
1: neither confirm nor deny at this point. <laughs> uh, oh, nice. Uh, we have more of this, right? Yes. Yes. All right. More buy, sell, or hold. Uh, coming your way after the break here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. And Aaron will continue to regale us with habits of uh, bathing his nooks and crannies when we return. If you are thinking of getting involved in the real estate market, make sure you go in With a real estate agent that you can trust, especially, especially during these unprecedented times. Thank you, Todd. Uh, Because um, this is, this can be a stressful thing. I've, I've bought a home moving out of our first apartment. And then I did the thing where we sold that home to buy the one we're in now. And then you're burning the candle at both ends in the real estate market. And things were a lot more certain back then than they are right now. Thankfully, we found an agent that you can trust. Now, we want to help you find one that you can trust as well. And the name kind of says it all. Just go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com, a company started by Glenn Beck and his associates who were tired of real estate agents who talked a good game but then didn't deliver the results as promised when needed the most. So, they didn't want you to suffer the same fate as them. So, this is a referral of agents that you're going to find all over the country whose track records of success have been fully vetted. Otherwise, they wouldn't get listed. So before you make the next move... Your next move should be to dot trust.com. Again, the website dot trust.com. Let's get to part 2 of Buy Seller Hold.
2: Chuck Gregory says after this last week's episode of WandaVision Disney accelerates introduction of X-Men into the Marvel universe. Are you guys still digging WandaVision?
1: Uh, I, I think from I, episode I 2 on it it's has
2: amazing. been brilliant. I've been I've been don't want to say begging but um, strongly encouraging Bella to let's go ahead and do this year's re- watching of the marvel movies and she doesn't want to yet but this has been tiding us over
1: the blip back scene in, yep. the, in the two episodes ago i thought was one of the best scenes that Marvel's ever produced that scene was i thought but i want you to answer this question first all right you go first because uh, i'm afraid my answer might suck all the oxygen out of the room and i don't want to do that so i'm going to give you your answer i'm going to let you go to first
0: well the rumor was that that was going to happen this seems like in obvious yes based on the, the actor i mean what they did i i, I mean the, how, how many we are way beyond four dimensional chess mm-hmm. into whatever dimension if they're not doing that i mean if this is a i mean uh, double agent triple agent it's i i, I think they're it's the act, it can be as confusing already sometimes within the marvel universe to keep things straight so i i if this isn't that i don't know what this could possibly be here's my here's my my greater concern the oh i do have with all of this is that this whole multiverse thing which i think is absolute i thought it was genius that they were going this direction one because it's so hard to follow up on the the big end game end of the universe fight to uh, fights this is Pure brilliance to the way they're doing it through Wanda. Again, they're saying it what I what I thought th- thought it would be based on my conversations with you. Through her pain, mm-hmm. who are suffering the consequences of the fight. It's not just clean. I think that's brilliant. But this is the multiverse way, maybe a way of them really going all in on our social justice world, but doing it in a way where it's it's the multiverse is explaining it, so they can do it without having to own it. I have some concerns about that.
1: So I don't believe this is um, this is this is a crossover from a multiverse crossover hmm. uh, into this show. Remember, in Spider-Man, the last Spider-Man film, we were sold that Mysterio came from another Earth, right? Yes. And these elementals destroyed his Earth. Crossed over because of, what, uh, the, of the snap that opened up the multiverse. They crossed over and they're now in, onto our realm and he's crossed over with them to fight them, right? Yes. Okay? And that was in all the promotional material. You're saying there's a multiverse? Like they put that in the trailers. They put, you know, Tom Holland, Spider-Man saying it. And then you find out at the end of the movie, it's, it's a bait and switch that the whole thing is an act, right? Yes. Mysterio is, is, is playing a role. But then we find out, and so they hyped up the idea of a multiverse of where they were going next. And then in the first movie back, they, they dangled it out there, then yanked it away. And then you find out that they are actually going there because that's the, literally the title of the next Doctor Strange movie, right? Uh, we, all the crossover stars that uh-huh. are being cast in the next Spider-Man movie that's filming as we speak. It's clear that, that, that they were going there. They were foreshadowing it, but it was, it, it, was a, it was a tease. That's exactly what I think is happening right here. This is a tease of this is a tease of these X-Men. I don't believe that's Pietro. I think it's the villain of the show. I think I think it's whoever the actual villain is 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 shows up because what was going on in that episode Vision is beginning to piece together this whole thing is wrong. And and he's confronting her. And they're about to like throw down right there in the living room, right? They both, they're, they're up in the air. They're gearing up power. They're powering up. I mean, they're going to throw this thing. They're going War of the Roses right in the living room, right? And then the doorbell rings. Just happens to break up what was a moment that was going to bring some closure here. Okay? And then what does she say when the doorbell rings? I didn't make that happen. All right. See, I don't think that is... Um, the Quicksilver from this Fox universe. I think it's teasing maybe what they might eventually do in order to bring the X Men and stuff in. But I think that it's the it's whoever the villain is, the real villain here, which is probably one of two characters from the uh, that that were that when she's been a good guy at times, she's been a bad guy with her dad Magneto, but when Scarlet, Witch has been a good guy, two of her villains have been the grim Reaper and Mephisto, who is the devil of the Marvel universe, the Satan Lucifer of the Marvel universe. I think he's that that's who that is. And like when he watch the clip again, when she says Pietro, he kind of looks at her. He's like, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, also, how would how would a how would Quicksilver of the Marvel of the Fox universe know that Vision is dead? How would he even know when he says, "Hey, who, what's up with that popsicle?" Meaning he's you know assumed room temperature. How would he know he's dead? How would he even know what a Vision is? So I think that's the actual villain who's been manipulating Wanda the entire time. It's just a matter of whether it's the Grim Reaper or whether it is Mephisto. And I think that is the Ralph. That the neighbor, who I think is a character out of the comics, named Abigail Harkness, who's a, a witch that's married to the devil, that is one of Scarlet Witch's villains. Um, I think that's her Ralph that she keeps talking about, Catherine Hahn's character. Yeah, that's the Ralph she's talking about. Is whether it's the Grim Reaper or Mephisto, and I think that is who uh, Evan Peters is playing. I think I think we're getting bait. I think we're getting fooled, like we did uh, with with a tease, like we did with the Spider Man movie.
0: That's my theory. So it is eight-dimensional chess. Because why then choose why choose that actor then? Um I that's a good question. I think it's
1: because the devil can't raise people from the dead. Remember in the remember in that episode earlier on, the dog dies. And and who I think Catherine Hahn is playing is the witch, Abigail Harkness, the villain, one of the villains of the Marvel Universe. And hey, So this whole thing, I think, has been done to manipulate Wanda in creating the I think her children are actually the first two mutants. And I think what we're going to find is that that the X-Men are coming in here because the snap activated the dormant mutant gene in all of these people. And I think her children that, that her envision had are actually the first two mutants. Like I don't think they're going to bring in the X Men. I don't think Hugh uh, Jackman. Jackman's coming in to play, you know, Old Man Logan in the MCU. I think they're going to do their own X Men. But I yeah. think what, I think the origin story of that of those X Men okay. will be that the snap is what activated that gene. I think her two children that her and vision just had. They're the, I think this whole thing has been about whoever the dark forces behind this, Mephisto or the Grim Reaper. Either they they both want a they want her to make children. This whole thing's been about, you guys got to have babies and yet there aren't any more, everything's for the children yet there aren't any children anywhere else in this, in Westview, Great. right? All right. It's very, it's very village of the damned or children of the corn. Okay. And then the other thing is, so the, so the devil cannot procreate. The other thing that he can't do is resurrect. And so when they bring her the dead dog and her, her children say to Wanda, bring him back to life. And what does Abigail Harkness say? You can do that. So I think they were they're manipulating her into doing that. OK, and so the reason why they brought this guy in is because he, maybe he is from a multiverse or they just grab somebody from the Hey, that's that's her brother. They can't bring back the other actor because he's dead, dead. All right. She would have to bring him back like they didn't bring vision back, did they? Who brought vision back? She did. did. And so I think they can't bring anybody back from the dead either. And so they had to just go into the multiverse and grab the first uh, version of Pietro that they could find. And it would just as an image to sell her. Yeah. And it just happened to be this guy. That's my theory anyway. That that's actually the villain of the show.
2: Something tells me Kevin Feige really, really likes eight-dimensional chess because that's fascinating. Hmm. Conservative Hedgehog says, uh, "Darth Vader." Do you would know how many single women are listening to this
1: right now? <laughs> Why did and, we and do it? the last ten minutes? I said, "You guys are how are you guys all married?" <laughs> right? Because let's face it, if, if if we didn't feel pressure to move on, the three of us could have just sat here for another 15 minutes, hashing this out and ended yeah. the show on it, right? Probably. And every single woman in this audience is like, please, please make, stop. make this stop. <laughs> Go ahead, Aaron. I'm sorry.
2: Uh, in that vein, uh, Darth Vader would beat Muhammad Ali in a fight.
1: Come on, man. Of course. I mean, that's just... Not even close.
0: I mean, for real. It's a little dispiriting to read that immediately after what we just talked about. Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Bye. Bobby. Uh, Bobby Ang uh, and says Aaron procrastinates till the very last second. What is did I piss off our audience? You're about? the
1: one that chose these. You're oh, dunking yeah. on yourself. Oh yeah, I forgot. You about. played yourself there, Mr. Chappelle. Aaron Rialli says at the rate
2: we're going, the top three holidays of twenty twenty one will be Vaxgiving, Maskmas, and Trans Years Day. <laughs>
0: Gosh. He's so much better when he's not talking about Star Wars. Bye.
2: Oh,
1: gosh, that's brilliant. I got to buy that. That's great.
2: Alexander Rogers says 2021 needs a modern ice bucket challenge by nominating every Karen and Neil mask cultists who we know to take the pepper spray challenge.
1: I Bye. love this. So for those of you that don't know, I mentioned him yesterday. I saw a tweet from him a few days ago where he said, hey, the droplets, the metrics of pepper spray are very similar to covid. So let's take the let's let's find out how secure your mask really is. Put your mask on and spray, pepper spray right into your mask and let's see what happens. Yeah. And if it works out, I'll put my mask on. If not, then I think we've made our point. I, I love that. I think mean, it's brilliant. Yep. So bye. Triple mask. Yep. Uh,
2: next, uh, this one is, I think, directed at Todd. Elliot Evans says, Celebrating the return of a seven-year-absent video game is, quote, the downfall of civilization, but obsessing about a 44-year-old movie is a healthy remembrance of your childhood.
1: What 44-year-old I movie?
2: Think, I, was? Is that um, Rocky? Oh,
0: Are the Rocky? Yeah, the first Rocky movie? Okay.
2: Buy, sell, or hold. Yeah, well, I'll well, let you, you answer You know, that.
0: I'm obviously selling. I... I if, if you don't look at the obvious data about uh, video game obsessions, particularly in young males, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you and your thing. This, you prove my point. Like, why are you so obsessed about this? It's it is obviously statistically a problem for young males. They go into a world. They don't come out. They don't care about anything. I've got the science on my side. of It, it doesn't mean you have that problem. But you seem to be showing that you're a little insecure about that all right so just it, it's nonsense it's it's a it's it, it I, you know i don't care about steve playing video games it, it it matters but you know what he does he goes to church he takes care of his family he knows his bleepity bleep about everything okay he's different that does not describe most of you who dive into video games as 44 year olds it doesn't
1: I got some very disappointing news yesterday that MLB The Show 21 has been pushed back to April 20th, by the way. I'm sorry. So it was so a
0: bad time to mention so that. Oh, I've got another video game I'm obsessed about.
2: Uh, you want to add anything, Steve? Uh, no.
1: Okay, well. I'm good with what he said,
2: for uh, John, the most part. John Endicott says, uh, MLB rule changes will do more to damage the game than the length of game or pace of play ever did.
1: Did you feel like, and and maybe we're just so glad to get it back, but did you feel like the game was ruined by the nuances and and evolutions that they decided to try out in the COVID year last year? Did you feel like it? Because I didn't.
0: Uh, no, but the whole.
1: But year, I'm not as big of a baseball guy as you are.
0: The whole year, like I, I can't remember. We're de- now we're, primarily are we dealing with second base and the and the relief pitcher rule? Yes.
1: Yeah. I, I'm. Like I would get rid of the relief pitcher rule. Okay. I kind of like the idea of starting on second base when we get into extra innings. I kind of like that. But I'm also like a fan of hockey which has shootouts and you're a fan of soccer which has shootouts, you know, right? I, I kind of like that idea.
0: I I don't I don't think either one is the end of the world. The the the, the greater problem is just the, the baseball and its pace of play in general it's it, this is attached to the video game conversation you, you this is the real thing that's real life and people don't want real life they want the fiction that they dive into it in whatever they often get into in video games and they all oh, baseball is boring well you if you believe that uh, and you would rather choose whatever video game you're playing you're you, you're silly you you just don't see.
1: I think you actually. And I used to say this with Schilling all the time when him and I were working together. I think it would be smarter for baseball to actually embrace That's that distinction. Point. And then what? and then instead of changing the game at, at your ballparks, you know, add different attractions and stuff, and you just. There's yeah. security there. Did the kids get bored in the third inning? Hey, man, there's the arcade down there. Hey, man, there's the slide. Hey, man, yeah. they've, got a, they've got a VR theater over there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Go knock yourself out. Baseball. But, but it's, it's the dead of summer. It, things are slower, yes. more relaxing. I think you actually, instead of turning away from that distinction, I think you should lean into it all the more, actually.
0: For the most part, without yeah, yes, the four-hour baseball games as a regular thing, agreed, is is not a, is not a good thing. Uh, that, that you should try to do what you can to speed up the pace of play. That that's not a dumb thing, but baseball is just baseball. As and long it's as it's not thing. dumb,
1: what you're doing, I yeah. agree. Yeah, like for example, um, I think it's a waste of time for pitchers to hit. Always have first thing I do in every MLB the show season I get is put the DH in in both leagues. So it's one thing. Not all three-and-a-half-hour games are the same. If I'm watching the pitcher strike out or sack button five times in three-and-a-half hours, it's not the same as if I'm watching a guy um, who has a legitimate chance to take the ball yard five times. I, I, so, I, I, like, we, no one complained Lord of the Rings movies were too long. You complained the Pirates of the Caribbean movies were too long. But, anyway. That's it for buy, sell, or hold. All right. Any final thoughts, Aaron? Got about um, a minute? Yeah, no, I, I, I mean...
2: I don't think it's weird to have a, a brush in your shower. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he went back. I
2: don't, I don't get what the big deal uh, is. Uh, it's about not. That.
1: I've got a brush in my shower. We just, you know, I just. Don't talk about it on the air. It's not like okay. a don't ask, don't tell about your shower brush. It's just not something people volunteer. You know, I got some place I couldn't reach. So I bought a brush. All right. Well, With my back. Thanks, Todd. How do I follow that? I'd prefer not to. Yeah, you don't. Uh, we're going to stick around do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we'll see you tomorrow noon to 2 Eastern right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace
3: on the Blaze Radio Network.